0: I want you to turn with me this evening as we get into the message to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 27 this evening. Psalm 27. There's craziness all over the world right now. Uncertainty in the stock markets. It seems like everywhere you go, people are scared. People are panic buying and items can't be found on the shelves. And there's a lot of fear. That's in our world. Look at Psalm 27. If you're there with me right now, verse number one, the Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want you to look at this with me tonight, having faith over fear. Who shall we fear as Christians? Who should we fear? Should we fear a pandemic that's taken thousands of lives? That's a very scary thought. But so many times, it's not even those big things that we fear. It's the little things in life we fear. Uh, so many small decisions and small things when we serve a God who is risen from the dead as we will celebrate on Sunday morning, who conquered death in the grave and can protect us from everything, and we need not fear. David, the psalmist here, says, Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. Can I tell you tonight that if you are listening to this, you need not fear because the Lord is your salvation. The government won't be able to protect you but the Lord may be able to protect. The Lord will be able to protect you. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, just even last night, my son, I was scared of something. And I went into his room and I talked to him and was praying with him. And he grabbed my arm and he said, Daddy, can you stay here with me? I said, why do you want me to stay with you, Landon? And he said, because I'm scared. I need you to protect me. And you know, that melted my heart as a dad. And you know, your little boy looks up to you and wants you to protect him. But can I tell you that our Heavenly Father is there for us? We can grab onto his arm and say, God, I need you. I'm scared. I have fear in my life. God, I need you to help me, to strengthen me, and to protect me. And can I tell you, just like I want to protect my child, our Heavenly Father wants to protect his children. We're going to go through methodically verse by verse Psalm 27 this evening uh, and show you some things. But first off, I want you to look at some people and some stories in the Bible. Think back with me through. We're going to go back close to the beginning. We're going to go back to the story of Moses. Think about Moses. Uh, You know, he had came up and God had protected him as a baby when his mother placed him in a basket and he floated off and uh, he ended up growing up in the palace there in Egypt. And here comes Moses and now he's in the wilderness and there's a burning bush that's consumed with fire, yet not burning. That's a little bit strange. And then that burning bush starts talking to him. I don't know about you, but if a burning bush, if I walked out of the church this evening and there was a bush on fire, the first thing I would do is call 911 and then. If the bush started talking to me, I would probably call 911 again and say, send an ambulance because I need a psychiatric evaluation. It's just not normal. But here is a burning bush talking to Moses and Moses answers that burning bush. And it is God talking to Moses saying that he is going to go and be the deliverer of his people, the children of Israel, from the bondage of Egypt. Well, Moses, he, 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 he st- 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 starts to st- 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 stutter and go, I, 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 he's my sp- speech, I, I, I'm not a good spe- speaker. How can I, I go do this? And what was God's answer to Moses? God looks down at Moses and said, did I not create you? Moses was afraid, and rightly so. Going back to Egypt, where he was a wanted man, Going back to Egypt and going to the Pharaoh and standing before Pharaoh and saying, Pharaoh, you are to let my people go. It was a crazy suicide mission. Yet that is what God called him to do. And we know the story and we know the ending and we know that God delivered the children of Israel from the bonds of Egypt. And my how easy it is to pass judgment on someone when we know the end. But I do it all the time. So here's Moses, the children of Israel are now released from bondage. they come to the Red Sea. And what happens? They get stuck. Pharaoh's army is behind them, chasing after them because Pharaoh's had a change of heart. All of a sudden, he goes, I let all my workers go. Now we have a ton of work to do and nobody to do the work. And so Pharaoh sends his army after Moses and the children of Israel and they come to the Red Sea and all of a sudden they're stuck. Red Sea before them, Pharaoh's army behind them. And what do the children of Israel do? Well, you know, they just have faith and they don't get afraid. And they go, you know what? God delivered us out of Egypt. He didn't bring us out here to die. Let's pray. That's not what happened. What did they do? They started to panic. They started to call out to Moses. What's going on? Uh, And you can look through the whole story of the children of Israel from when they built the calf. Uh, on the other side of the Red Sea. And when they said, Moses, what to God that we had just died in Egypt and to come out here and to die. When they complained later on about the leeks and the garlic that they missed in Egypt. I don't know about you, I've never complained about missing some garlic bread, but they missed that garlic bread. Uh, And they wanted it, and they feared, and they feared over and over and over again after God delivered them more and more. Uh, And I preached a message just a few months back about how they needed to stop whining, and they whined over and over and over again. Yet God still delivered them. Can I tell you tonight that God... The God that delivered the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, that delivered them across the Red Sea, that brought them to the promised land, just like he's promised, has promised to protect you and to take care of you. And he will do it. But do you trust him? Do you have faith over fear? Well, let's keep going on in the Bible. Uh, Are there any more stories where someone didn't have faith in God? Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Genesis, chapter number 18. Go back to Genesis chapter number 18 and look with me at verse number nine. Genesis chapter 18, verse number nine. The Bible says, And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have surety bear a child when I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Here's Sarah being told in her old age that she's going to bear a child. And she laughed. And I look at that and go, how could she laugh when she's being told that she shall have a child and it will come to pass and it will happen? But how many times have I laughed at God when he's wanted me to do something? I've been faced with situations and been put into situations where I had to do something that I was uncomfortable with. God had put me out of my comfort zone. And there are times I just look at God and go, do you know what you're doing, God? Hey, did you mean to put Daniel Bishop's name down there? I think you meant somebody else. Uh, I don't think you meant to put me in this situation. I don't think you meant for me to go through this. Uh, I think you had me mixed up with somebody else. But can I tell you that God's way is perfect? And just like Sarah ended up bearing a child in her old age, the same can be for us. If God promised it, he will carry through with it. Not only that, let's turn to Mark chapter four this evening. Mark chapter number four. And verse number 35, Mark in the New Testament, you know, these have all been Old Testament passages of Scripture. Let's turn to the New Testament. Mark 435, the Bible says, uh, let's look back for a little bit. So what's happened right before this passage of Scripture is Jesus has been preaching to a multitude. And the crowd was so great that he and the disciples got in a ship and he preached from a ship. Can I tell you tonight, it is strange to be preaching to an empty auditorium. Knowing that people were watching online, but to have no faces in the auditory. I've preached to uh, in many different places. I have preached outside in the woods. I've preached, uh, you know, to teenagers. I have preached to adults. I have preached to children. Uh, but never once have I preached from a boat. And we're looking forward to in a couple weeks here doing a drive-in service, and Pastor will get to preach to a bunch of cars. And you can honk your horn to say Amen, and you can uh, just, you know, rev your engine up when you get excited, and the Holy Spirit starts working. Uh, you might better not do that. Pastor might have a hard time preaching. But, uh, you know, here's Jesus and he's preaching to a multitude and he's preaching from a boat. And then after he finishes preaching, that's where we find ourselves in verse number 35. The Bible says in the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over onto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye had no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus stills a storm. Here's people that have been following him, that have seen him, worked miracles. You can look back. Chapter number three, Jesus healed a person's withered hand. Uh, multitudes are healed and they've watched this and so they've seen God work and yet they still don't believe. And there's been sometimes I've thought in my life, you know, if I could have been back in Bible times and watched God do these miracles, my faith would be better. But I look at the disciples and I say, you know what? I probably would have the same doubts. I probably would have the same faithlessness because am I better than these disciples that they fear? That they looked at Jesus as He was sleeping in the back of the ship and say, "Do you care that we're gonna die and you're back here sleeping? What are you doing?" And all it took was Jesus to stand up and say three simple words: "Peace, be still." And can I tell you, in the storms of life that we face, there are people in our church going through difficult things. I think of Pastor even right now. I think of Maxine. I think of, uh, we've had four other people have surgeries in the last several weeks. And we have people that are hurting and people that are suffering from loss. And people, there's just so much going on. And there's storms in life all the time. But can I tell you, the man that said, Peace be still, is the man that works in our life today and that wants you to have peace in your life. But you have to have faith over fear, it's a choice. As a Christian, we aren't immune to fear and you can choose to fear and choose to be fearful and to allow that fear to take over you and consume you. But can I tell you, the path of faith is so much better. You can have peace in the midst of the storm. Turn back with me to Psalm chapter 27 and let's hop right in this evening. Psalm chapter number 27. That first verse we already said, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David writes this song. uh, And first off, I want you to see David's faith. David knew that God was his light and that God was his salvation. His salvation wasn't in the stock market and how well it was doing in his retirement funds. It wasn't in his health or the the good health that he had. It wasn't in uh, his strength that he had. It was in the Lord. His strength came not from himself. But his strength came from God. The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. And because of that, David could said, whom shall I fear? I don't have to fear because the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. And then he goes on and says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God is your light, your salvation and your strength, can I tell you tonight that you have nothing to be afraid? Afraid of. You have nothing to fear. David had faith. Not only that, number two, we see David's faith in that first verse, but number two, we see David's desire. Let's go on and read verse number two of Psalm chapter 37, 27, I'm sorry. The verse number two says, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Where is your confidence? Does your confidence just lie in a pastor and his faith and his strength to lift you up in prayer? Does it lie? In your own well-being, in your own good news, and in money that you have. And uh, is that all? Because can I tell you that all those things can burn up? Your money, Yeah, everything can be gone tomorrow. Your strength, your health, it could be gone tomorrow. But can I tell you one thing that will never change is if your confidence is in God, he will never change. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And David realized that. And you look at some things that David did in his life. Uh, From killing the giant Goliath, which we all know with just five smooth stones, it took one stone, put it into the sling, went into the giant's head, and he came falling to the ground and David defeated Goliath. Uh, But you look at how God protected David from Saul. You look at the wars that he was in and how God protected him and God used him in a mighty way. David realized that, you know what? People came up to me to eat up my flesh, yet they stumbled and fell. A whole host couldn't camp against him and his heart would not fear Do I have that same kind of faith as David to say, I don't care what happens in life, but if God is with me, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can I tell you that nobody can be against us, that God is our protector, that God is our shield, but we have to choose to have faith just like David did. So we see David's faith, number one. Number two, we see David's desire. Keep on reading with me. Verse numbers uh, four, verse number four, the Bible says one thing. Have I desired of the Lord? And that will I seek after. What does David's desire, what is he seeking after? We've already seen his faith, but David's desire was number one, that he could dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I don't know about you, but I found myself to have some extra time. We can't go out and go shopping as much and we can't go and go to parks and play. So I found myself being at home a lot more, sitting out on my back deck and having time to read. But can I tell you, this is the perfect time to have that same desire, David, to dwell in the house of the Lord. And while we can't gather here in a church building together, can I tell you? We as a church family should be reading God's word during this time, drawing closer to God. What an excellent time to be able to allow that relationship with God to become so much stronger. Strengthen your relationship with your family, yes. With your children, yes. Spend more time with them. With your wife, yes. But with your heavenly father, spend some time with them. Spend some extra time in prayer. Spend some extra time in his word. David's desire was to dwell in the house of the Lord. But not only that, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. We serve a good God. David realized this. David looked back over his life and maybe he kept a journal of how God had protected him and how God had just blessed him from the time he was a youth all the way through when he became king. David realized that God was good. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord, but not just how he had physically blessed him, but how perfect of a God we have. We serve a risen savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is with me, no matter whatever man may say. I see his hands of mercy. I feel his gift of love in just the time I need him. He's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And David realized this and he realized how good our God was and how beautiful he was. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. Number one, so that I can behold the beauty of the Lord. But number two is so important as well so that I can inquire in his temple. We need to seek God's guidance in our life. So many times don't we make decisions and we never pray about it and we never uh, pray and seek God's face. There's a hymn in our hymn book. It's called, Did You Think to Pray? Ere you left your house this morning. Did you think to pray? Maybe you didn't leave your house this morning, but how many times do we make decision after decision after decision and we never pray about it? David's desire was to dwell in the house of the Lord, number one, so that he could behold the beauty of the Lord Number two, so he could inquire in his temple so that he could seek his guidance. For in the time of trouble, verse number five, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me? He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted above, up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. David realized, number one, his faith that his light and his salvation and his strength came from God and God alone. Number two, his desire was to dwell in the house of the Lord, to get closer to God. Why? So that he could behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. But let's look at thirdly and lastly this evening, David's declaration. What was David's declaration? Well, first off, I want you to see four things as we close out this evening. Four simple things that we need to instill in our lives. And can I tell you, if we put these into practice in our lives, that it will increase our faith, that it will help us, that it will help us to be more joyful even in the difficult times. It's amazing to me. To see people that struggle and that still have a smile on their face. There's many times, many of you watching tonight. I've seen you in church and I know the pain, whether physical or emotional pain that you're going through. And yet you still smile and you still say, I'm praying for you, Daniel. And I can I tell you that that means the world to me to see your strength and not yours, but your strength that you have in Christ. But four things tonight, and that first one comes from the end of verse number six that we read Then David said, I will sing praises unto the Lord. We need to praise God. First off, you want to have joy in your life. You want to be able to have faith in God's promises. Praise him for things that he has done. It's not wrong. I know sometimes when we do praise on people don't like to talk in front of everybody, but it's not wrong to brag on God a little bit. Uh, I heard a man say that in college. He goes, I just want to brag on God for a minute. And I said, you know what? I like that. Not bragging on me or myself, but bragging on how good God has been to me. God's been so good. He has been so good to me. We need to praise God. David said, so I will praise God. Why? Because he goes, because he's delivered me, because he's kept me safe from mine enemies. Keep reading verse number seven. He says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Number one, we need to praise God. But number two, we also need to cry out to God. David praised him and thanked him, but he cried out to God. When you start to fear, when trials come in your life, when you have that difficulty coming up, cry out to God and go, God, I need you. God, I need you more than ever right now. I need you to show yourself strong to me. I need your light. I need your strength. God, I need your salvation. (coughs) Help me and rescue me. Help me in this time of need. We need to cry out to God. When was the last time that you earnestly went and prayed and asked God to work in your life? Not only do we need to praise God and cry out to God, but let's keep on reading. When thou saidest, oh, verse number seven says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto me, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Not only do we need to cry out to God, but we need to listen to God too. I don't know if your children have ever done this, but they ever cried for something, and then you gave them an answer, but they didn't really like your answer. They didn't listen to your answer because they were too busy crying about it. We need to stop and we need to listen when God speaks. We need to praise God. We need to cry out to God. We need to listen to God, but it doesn't just stop there. If you look in the book of James, it says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. We need to listen to God. And then lastly, we need to obey God. Verse seven, he says, Or verse eight, when thou saidest unto me, seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek? David obeyed. God said, I seek my face. Seek it early. And David said, I sought thy face. I obeyed. We need to praise God. We need to cry out to God. We need to listen to God and we need to obey God. And if we do those things, we'll be closer to him. Let's keep on reading as we finish tonight. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And here's the hard part. I don't like this next word. David says, when my father and my mother forsake me, when everybody here on Earth that said they love me, turns their back on me, God will be there for me. But this next word, four simple letters, we don't like. Wait, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. And there's that four-letter word again. Wait, I say on the Lord. You think David was stuttering here or that the Holy Spirit in guiding him to write this passage of scripture, he, he stuttered and had him write that twice? Now I think that it's a good reminder. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. And we're like, oh, I don't like that word wait. And just in case you weren't listening, I have to do this several times. Uh, To land and I'll say something twice. And he knows if I said it twice, he should probably listen because it's probably important. Can I tell you that this is important to wait on God? And we don't like to wait and it's hard to wait, but wait on the Lord. Can I leave you with this tonight? David faced adversity in his life. David lost a child in his life. David Had moral failures in his life. David had great victories in his life. David got to see protection, had great friends like Jonathan. You look through the Bible and you can see many things that David faced. Yet he can say here in Psalm chapter 27, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. I leave you with this thought tonight. Wait, I say, on the Lord.